0: Father, we thank you so much we thank you for we are all here and, and we are in your presence thank you for what you have done for us and what you, for what you are about to do and I pray Lord that the words that will come out of my mouth will be from you Lord and I pray that it will edify your people that Lord Jesus your children will just be edified today and you will speak into all of our hearts and we thank you Lord and I pray, Lord, that the word will do what it's supposed to do to just penetrate in our spirit and to bring changes in us. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, since um, Charles told me, okay, the Sunday that I'm not there, you are going to preach. And I'm like, why don't you just bring Justin or Navin to preach? He's like, no, 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 I feel you have to preach. And you know, for many days, I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. Just bring it someone else, you know? But then, since that moment, the Lord kind of started speaking to my heart. Could you bring it down, please, the volume, James? It's super loud. Yeah, thank you. You know, he just started speaking to me about faith, you know? And, and I was, as I was looking back at my own life, I just saw that the Lord has led me in a very specific pattern, you know, of faith. Not only believing, but also acting on faith. Not only just, okay, I believe that this specific thing is going to happen, this specific area is going to change, but also the Lord took me to act on it and to do some very crazy things, you know. And, And then I looked into the Bible and I saw that there were some other Crazy people around doing crazy things in faith, you know, and one of my favorites and I think that sometimes they just acted so nonsense, Elijah and elisha, you know they are two prophets in the Old Testament, they are in the first kings and second kings, and they would do i mean if Elijah was doing crazy things, Elisha was like the devil, and then I was just thinking and meditating and going through what is really faith and what's the meaning of faith and why the Lord is requiring us, okay, you shall live by faith. You know, what is that, to live by faith? We, we, we kind of say it very often in, in our circle, you know, like we are living by faith. What it means to live by faith or what it is faith exactly. You know, and as I opened Google, the first definition that it gave me is complete trust or confidence in someone or something and that word complete just it just came like this you know like a flash complete trust or confidence in someone or something like how many times i personally have not walked in complete trust and confidence in god you know in many circumstances especially uh, for example i'm a mother when it comes to my children it's so difficult to walk in complete trust and confidence that God is going to heal or God is going to do something in their lives, you know and you know, what happens you know, for example the Bible there is one, uh, you know that what we always use to define faith is what we find in Hebrews 11, verse 1 And we all love this verse, right? I think it's one of the verses that we know by heart. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. No need to go to the two. One is (laughs) fine. You know, it's the evidence of things not seen. Like, you know, and and we, for us, faith, we act in faith when, when we don't see what we are hoping for but we believe and we act on that you know I'm going to give you an example Feel like one month ago um, you know Charles has a sister who could not have children for eight years right then she uh, got conceived and the day came they did a caesarean an emergency c-section c- because the baby stopped growing and the baby was two kilos so we were there I was there inside with her and we waited for like two days I think because (laughs) I was messaging you all on and off I was so bored in the labor room (laughs) so what to do with her just telling her stories and just speaking you know and then we waited there in the labor room for two days for uh, for the c-section to be done because the baby was going to be brought directly to the NICU, you know, because the baby was a very small baby. And, you know, almost 100% the doctors were saying, we are waiting for the, for the, to have a free bed in the NICU to take the baby there right after they practice the C-section. Okay, so we wait two days there. The, the time comes, they take uh, my sister-in-law Gracie in the, um, inside to perform the surgery. And then we were all there waiting. And suddenly, I feel like a prompting in my heart. And I feel, you know, the still voice of the Holy Spirit telling me, you are going to receive the baby in your arms. So go, get towels, get clothes get everything that you need to take care of the baby because the baby is not going to the NICU the baby is going to be well okay so you know i leave my mother in law my brother in law all of them and i just go to the shops thinking this is just so crazy i'm going to go back there where all the families are waiting with all these baby things in my hand and everyone is going to look at me and then it's going to be so crazy You know, okay, I go to the shops and and, uh, they were telling, okay, the people in the shop, like, what's the weight of the baby? I was like, I don't know, it's not yet born, but (laughs) we are expecting a really small baby. (laughs) So give me the smallest things you have. (laughs) So she looked at me a bit weird. Then I I took everything. I go back to to this place in front of the labor room. All the families are there. You know, if you have passed by there, it's crazy, full of people. I arrived there with all these things, and people were looking at me like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, because normally they don't do this, right? They wait for the baby, and then they buy these things and special. Then my mother-in-law looked at me and started crying. I was thinking, "Oh no, I really messed up now," <laughs> you know? Like, "Oh my goodness, what is what is Auntie gonna tell me?" And she was like, "Thank you for the faith that you have." I'm like, "Yes, Auntie, we." We have to be ready. We are getting the baby. That's what the Lord said. We are getting the baby in our hands. And, and she was like, but we've been 48 hours waiting for a bet in the NICU because there is where the baby is going. And I was like, no, no, baby's not going there. Baby's coming to our arms. To make the story short, there it comes, um, our friend Divya, Dr. Divya. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm chewing all my nails because I'm like, Lord... You shouldn't let me down in this moment. Like you said you have to do it. And then I'm like, Divya please can you go inside and, and figure out what's going on? Like this C section is we are we are here for one hour, one and a half hours, all of us outside waiting. I was with all the baby things in my arms. And then she goes, she comes out, she's like, I don't know, they are not saying anything. Please go again, go again. And then she goes inside. She comes out and she comes with a big smile. I was like Whew. And she's like, uh, your sister-in-law is feeding the baby. Baby's fine. Baby's not going to the ICU. You are going to take the baby with you, and you are going to wait for Gracie in, in the bedroom. So I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. So this has been staring something in my heart, you know, because I've been, I've been seeing this pattern in my life where the Lord has asked me to do crazy things before it happened you know and uh, you know I'm going to tell you a story Um, I hope you don't get grossed up especially the men you know that our daughter our daughter Asha she was about to die actually she was dying in Spain when uh, she was one month she got a really bad lung infection you know and and she was three weeks and I was breastfeeding my baby, no. Then suddenly I had to, you know, stop feeding her. I had to, you know, allow the doctors to take her to the ICU and, and in a matter of hours they were like, you know what? I don't know if this baby's gonna make it. I don't know. You know, and they were like get ready, get ready because this baby might not make it, you know. And they were putting tubes everywhere, you know, like (laughs) up and down, everywhere. I I could not hold her, I could not come closer. They were like, don't even speak to the baby, don't even come closer. She's in such a state. Like, let us us please stabilize her, and then you can come closer and at least whisper in her ears. So, you know, and, and then I was like, I had the stupidest question to ask the doctors, like, what should I do? Because I'm, I'm breastfeeding my baby. And the, the doctor looked at me like, is this important right now? <laughs> and, and, you know, but I felt the whisper of the Holy Spirit, like, don't stop. Don't stop. Let your body keep on, keep on doing it. Don't stop. So, you know, every time that, that I would, sorry, uh, guys, but you, you need to bear with me. Every time that I would allow, you know, the machine to extract milk, the Holy Spirit was telling me, you are going to hold your baby again. And your baby is going to keep on, on feeding from you. You are going to do it again. You know, and that lasts three weeks. And I was like, Lord, I don't know why I'm going through such a pain in my body, you know, to just keep this going. And, and he was telling me, it's an act of faith. You are telling that you are going to hold your baby again. By doing this, you are opening the doors for healing. You know? And I believe that what we do actually is like, a, is like a transport for God's miracles in our lives. You know, when we act in faith, we are allowing the Lord to do stuff. Right? I don't know what you are going through, and I don't know why the Lord is, is, has given me such a strong word, you know, in about faith. You know, about that complete trust or confidence in someone or something. You know, and, and many times we see in the Bible, you know, for example, in Matthew fifteen twenty-eight. If you remember, like, so many times Jesus says to the people, like, your faith has healed you, your faith has made you well. You know, and something that would really astonish Jesus was the faith of people. So faith must be something really important for us to pay attention. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Be to you even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You know, this was a story about uh, one lady having a very sick child at home and then going and asking Jesus, please, heal my daughter. I know that you can. And then Jesus perceived the faith and he was like, it's done. Because you have great faith that I'm going to do it. And you know, there is another story in the Bible where Jesus was just walking. And you know, at that moment, he was really famous. I mean, he could hardly walk among the people. Like, he had hundreds of people around in, in the streets, you know, and and everyone was touching him, you know, trying to take hold of him. And then suddenly someone comes and touches him, you know, and he feels some power comes out of his body. And he he, he turns back and says, Who touched me? That body came out that power came out of me. And the disciples were like everyone is touching you. Really What are you talking about? You know, but but then he saw that it was a specific woman that had a sickness that had been going on for many years. He spent everything she had in medicine, in doctors, in everything, and nothing could heal her. And then she saw in Jesus her last chance, her last hope. And maybe, maybe there is a circumstance that you are facing, or there is something that you are facing, and you see that, Jesus is your last chance. You know what? Just run to him and touch him. Take hold of his presence. You know, and, and when that lady touched him with all her faith, you know, that was what healed her. And, and we see that Jesus says it constantly. You know, if you read the, the Gospels, constantly it says, your faith has made you well. By your faith you have been healed, you know. It's the power of God. It's through the blood of Jesus. But you know what's our part? Faith. You know, he, he is lately speaking so much into my heart, you know. And you know that this river of uh, Velour didn't have water, at least in the eight years that I lived here, I saw no water in this Pala River. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then Charles, so crazily, started one day saying, we need to pray for water. We need to pray that this river will be filled of water again. I was looking at him like, oh my goodness. Because he used to, you know, he has these, these ideas that I believe are from God, and I believe he has a gift of faith. You know, because the Bible says that uh, faith is a gift also, you know, and I think he's got that gift. And he's like, one day we are going to see the river. And, you know, it started raining. And then the, the water started, you know, flowing. And then it's been there for many days. You know, I don't know how long it's going to stay. But to me, that's something from the Lord that says, yes, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. And the other day, Charles was telling me, we need to get a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we need to get a boat. Yeah. I mean, when he was talking like that, I felt the Lord whispering, you know, in my ear, like, just, you know, just go with it. Whatever he says, I'm putting it in his, in his heart. Just go with it. I was like, yeah, let's get about. <laughs> so, um, amen, faith, faith in action. You know that uh, I told you at the beginning that we are going to Israel right after the church at 7. When we went to Bangalore this week to collect Charles' passport, suddenly when he had the visa and the passport, it was time for us to get the tickets. And um, it was very expensive, so suddenly we saw that we could not make it. But the day before, I already put out the winter clothes because it's a bit uh, cold now there. And I always keep little bit of uh, winter clothes for when we travel back to Spain. So I put it out and I kept it ready for us to go to Israel. And then on Wednesday we see nothing is going to happen. So I was about to go and take the clothes and put it, put it back in the closet. And the Lord said to me, no, don't do it. Don't do it. You are going. I was like... <laughs> okay if this is one of your things father please do it soon because i'm really tired of this waiting (laughs) so i kept it outside you know and this is something else that the lord spoke to me you know like you have to act in faith what it is to live by faith to live by faith is to walk in a way that you are giving the Lord permission to fulfill his promises in your life, that you are not closing the doors, that you are saying, yes, Lord, what you said, you are going to fulfill it because I know who you are. I know and I believe in you. And I have this complete trust that you are going to do it. And, you know, um, uh, there was one moment in, in my life that, my dad started getting really anxious about my marriage. So I know for uh, those of you who are not married, there is a moment in life that our parents start being like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) time, (laughs) you know, the clock is ticking. And my dad was like, you know, um, I don't know if you should go to India anymore. Maybe we should get you married first. And then we will see about India. You can go in your holidays. And I was, I started praying like, Lord, I know you called me to India. I know that, you know, my dad wants me to get married. So you bring that man <laughs> or, or otherwise convince my dad, you know. And then Charles started, you know, approaching me. And I felt the Lord was telling me, it's him. I was like, no. And then the Lord was like, it's him. Well, Charles knows it, so it's okay. (laughs) I was like, no, 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 I'm scared. Guys, honestly, I was scared. I I had so much fear in my heart. And the Lord again was asking me, like, live by faith. I'm telling you, it's him. Just live by faith. So I said, uh, we were just friends. And I said, you know, Charles, if my parents make it to India to come to your house, which I was talking like, that's never going to happen, (laughs) my and we all come as a family to your home, then I'll say yes. <laughs> and then I said, Dad, this guy is, uh, is approaching me. What do you think? He's like, well, if the Lord takes us to India, that means it's from him. <laughs> what? Then we started praying, you know, in faith, like, Father, if this is from you, you're going to do it. And then my dad, you know, suddenly he had a friend that was like, Pastor, I want to bless you with a trip to Egypt. And he was like, Well, I really didn't lose anything in Egypt, you know? I would prefer to go to India. Like, if you want to bless me and wi- my wife, buying us a trip, just let's all together go to India. And the crazy part, he said, like, Yeah, let's go to India. <laughs> so we ended up, all the family, suddenly in child's home, you know? All of us. My parents, my best friends, and this couple, you know? And then, well, the rest is history. But, you know, at, at that point, the Lord started speaking to my heart, like, get ready for marriage, get ready. If you believe you're going to get married, just get married and start declaring. And I started speaking differently. I started saying, you know, after I get married, you know, after, you know, when I get married, I started, the Lord ha- started to put such a confidence in my heart, like this is gonna happen. I don't know how, but this is gonna happen. And you know, that's faith in action. And there are many times I have not acted in faith, and I have allowed fear in my in my life. It's not like a really good story of every everything has worked out well, and I had this huge amazing faith all my life. Not really not really there are many times that I just spoke in fear even about my own children you know there are many times that I just believed words that were not from the Lord you know and the Lord started telling me just speak in faith speak that they are going to be healed speak that they are well you know and, and since, you know sometimes I cannot declare with my own words what the Lord is going to do but then we have the word of God you know, and every morning I declare the word of God on my children. You know, in the Psalms 139 that says that they are fearfully and won- wonderfully made. You know, I say it every day over and over. You know, even when I don't see it, when I, even when I see challenges, I declare that they are made by God. That, you know, that the Lord has thousands and hundreds and millions of thoughts about them. That they were created, you know, before everything else was created. Amen. So now, I would like to talk to you about these crazy prophets that I was mentioning at the beginning. So let's read a little bit about uh, Elijah in 1 Kings 18, from the verse 24. Let's read the whole thing. Because Charles told me that I, I shouldn't preach more than... Uh, I, I shouldn't preach less than 40 minutes, so I'm just like 15 minutes and I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. First Kings 18, from the verse 24. 24. First Kings chapter 18, verse 24. You know, to put you a little bit in context, there was um, this prophet Elijah... You know? And he, he was a prophet, right? And Elijah was one of the very rare that was still believing in God in those days, you know? And you know that they, the whole people and the people that were ruling at that time in Israel, they, they all turned to gods, you know, that were not the Lord. And you know, there was Elijah, and suddenly he feels in his heart, that he has to challenge those, those beliefs of the people. And he tells them, you know what? He tells the king, gather the people, gather your prophets of those gods, and let's see who wins. So um, he, he challenges them. He's like, okay, let's build the an altar, and uh, let's put the sacrifice on the altar, and then you first will call on the name of your gods, and see what happens, and I will call on the name of my God, and we'll see what happens. So you know, Elijah was acting in faith, you know? So let's read. It says, And call you on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And then, and they took the bullock which was given to them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us, but there was no voice, nor any that answered, and they leaped on the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud for he he is a god. Either he is talking or he is pursuing or he is in a journey or peradventure he sleeps and must be awakened. He was making fun of them. (laughs) And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out of them. And it came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it the second time and they did it the second time and he said do it the third time and they did it the third time and the water ran round about the altar and he filled trench also with water and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac and of Israel, let it be known this day that you are God of, in Israel and that I am your servant servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is the God, the Lord, He is the God. Amen. So not only he believed that God was going to do it, he three times asked the people, just throw water, just throw water on this altar because I know my God is going to come with fire. Just throw water. And then he asked a third time, throw water. He was so convinced. He was so secure. He had this complete, you know, this, this word is just, you know, he had this complete faith. You know, and, and, and I think God is challenging us. Do you have this complete confidence no matter what? Before I show up, do you have this complete confidence? Before you see my hand, do you have this complete faith that I am God? Do you have this complete faith that I am going before you? Do you have this complete faith that I am going to do what I told you I would do? If the answer is yes, then act on it. Then act on it then take that step of faith and you know what happened you know it's not only elijah i don't think that elijah wanted even though i think he was a character i don't think he just wanted to show off you know he did all that for the people to come back to god you know and to recognize that he is he is the lord so and that's the result you know of that act of faith not that he was like oh i'm the winner." No the hearts of the people bowed bow down before God, and that's what our faith does. It doesn't only change our circumstances, it impacts the people around us you know i I, I just remember and and that will get stuck in 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 my mind all, all my life you know when when they said that the baby was well, I just remember you know like my family I just they, they were so ministered by God, like the Lord said it and the Lord did it. Just one act of faith not only brought peace to my heart that I was so much in anguish for that baby, but also impacted the people around, you know, and that's what your faith is going to do. It's not only going to allow God to work for you and to bring the breakthrough that you are expecting, it's going to impact the people around you, Yeah. And then, in this same chapter, if you can go, Linu, to the verse 41. Okay, to put you in context, here it says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Get up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. This would be normal, but they were three years without rain at that time. Three, rain, three complete years, that di- they did not have a drop of rain. So here, <laughs> Elijah is so hyper. He just saw one big thing, spectacular miracle of God. And he's like telling to the king, you know, get up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. There was no sound. And, and you will see now. At that moment, there was no sound. There were not even clouds, nothing. It was as bright as it can get. But he spoke in faith to the king. He said, There is a sound of abundance of rain. No, it's going to rain, king. Yeah, it's going to... No, no, no. There is abundance. So you better stand up, eat, drink, because it's coming. Okay, the next verse. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he cast himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again, seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, there rises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, chariot, and get you down. That the rain stop you not. You know. He went up. He prayed, like he he bowed down. I I guess he was praying, and he was like, Lord, please, you have to show up, because <laughs> I already said to the king. I imagine, you know, I have these imaginary conversations, and um, I imagine him just crying out to the Lord, Lord, please send your rain, you, you set it and you have to do it. Anyways, he sends someone, go and see if there is any cloud. He comes back, no, no, nothing. And then he's like, there has to be. Go and see again. So instead of giving up, he kept on acting on faith, such a strong faith, seven times. And then he, the other one is like, There is something like a little cloud. I I imagine a tiny little white thing there. And then he's like, that's it, that's it. The rain is coming. The flood is coming. Let's run. You know, next uh, verse, Lino. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. And Ahab wrote and went to Jezreel. You know, when he was saying about the rain, and when he said to the king about the rain, remember that there was nothing. There was not even one cloud. And that, to me, speaks volumes about this prophet. (laughs) Amazing, amazing. I really want to live like that. I really, and many times the Lord challenges me. You know, even when when we decided, well, when we finally said yes to God, you know, to to start uh, Papa's house, You know, there was no one. There was not not even our friends that are now with us, like uh, the staff that's with us, no one. And the Lord said, start. With no evidence that nothing was going to happen. And, you know, I'm going to tell you a story. You know that we've been working with uh, little girls for seven years. So we were, uh, at the beginning of our marriage, we were supporting um, one orphanage in, in the mountains. And some of the girls were getting older they were in their 10th standard so in Jebadu hills at that point i don't know how it is now it was not going to be possible for them to even pass the government exams you know so we felt in our hearts that we had to bring them down to my mother-in-law's village and and uh, take care of them for some time you know it was just a feeling in my heart And there, where my mother-in-law lives, they had an empty building, not so big, something small. And it was not really maintained well, you know, it needed a lot of things. And we didn't know if these girls were going to say yes to us to come down and, and live in this place so we could help them in their studies for a few years. And there came one team from Los Angeles where we met Teresa's sister, Helena, she was leading that team. And then she came and she said, what can we do for you? And then I felt like saying, you know what, we, we are going to have girls coming from the mountains, so we really need to repair this building. So if you want to help in something, why don't you and the team start painting the rooms and making it beautiful? Because you know, children, they need beauty. So <laughs> we were totally acting in faith. We did not know where the money was going to come. We did not know, most importantly, if the girls would say yes to come and live there. You know, but the Lord, just put it in our hearts, just act in faith. Just act as if they were coming. So we started cleaning those rooms, painting. And I remember that every morning I would go to the doors and, you know, declare these rooms are going to be filled with, with children that are going to study, are going to do well, their lives are going to be rescued, you know. And, uh, well, you know the end of the story, they came. <laughs> and we've, we've had girls for uh, six years. We've helped some girls. And now the project has taken a different shape where we help families so um, it all started by saying yes to God and I really, believe me, I really don't understand why God makes us do things before we see it but I guess that's what really opens the door for the breakthrough from God you know, I, I guess that that's faith in action that actually opens the door and it, the Lord is like, yes, I know you believe I know that I can trust you with this Let me keep on telling you about Elijah a little bit, because I really love that prophet. Okay, after these great miracles happen, Elijah. Well, I, di- I don't know if you read it, but uh, <laughs> after that thing of uh, the altar and the fire and all, so many false prophets were killed, and you know, it was like a big thing and then he was just telling to the king the rain is coming and the rain came and you know what happened afterwards? he was so down he was so tired and you know and, and the queen the wife of these men suddenly threatened him like tell him that I'm gonna kill him and you know even though seeing the hand of God like how he performed so many miracles suddenly he became afraid and you know that, that, what that tells me that can happen to us and in fact has happened to me many times that after I have seen clearly the hand of God in one circumstance in the next one I receive a bad news or I, you know, or I see something that's you know that, that's, that's really much more small than what the Lord has already done and I come down completely but you know what Let's see how he faces this and how, how the Lord does with him. In the next verse. First King 19 in the next chapter, sorry. Chapter 19. And then the verse 10. here you know um, the prophet Elijah receives the news that the queen uh, Jezebel wants to kill him and then he just pleads the Lord like Lord kill me what have I done to you just kill me now I'm so tired and then uh, then suddenly uh, he hears the Lord telling him like eat and drink because there is a long way ahead of you so you need strength and the Lord does that to him two times you know And then he's hiding somewhere, and he has an encounter with God. And the Lord asks him, like, what's going on, Elijah, what's happening? And then he's like, he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown your altars, and slain your prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. I think, did we read the 11? No. And he said, go, go forth and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire a still small voice and it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and even out and stood in the entering in of the cave and behold there came a voice to him and said what do you do here Elijah And he said, "I have." He says again, "I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. How many times we repeat the same things to the Lord? I do it many times. (laughs) I have been very jealous of the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and slain your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away." Next one. And the Lord said to him, "Go." Return your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you come, anoint Hazael to be the king over Syria. And Jehu the son of Nimshi shall you anoint to be king of Israel. And Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel Meholah shall you anoint to be prophet on your room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapes the, the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapes. From the word of Jehu, shall Elisha slay? Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. You know, Elijah suddenly became so weary and so tired after a great battle and a great victory. He receives this big threatening from the enemy, and then he really believes it and runs for his life. And, and then the Lord comes to his encounter and feeds him, you know, and speaks to his heart with this silent, still voice and gives him perspective. You know that many times we need his perspective to keep on going? You know that the Bible says that we live by faith. We walk by faith. So it's not like one event of time in our lives. It's a constant walk of faith. I believe, I believe, I believe. And in this walk of faith, we become weary. We lose perspective constantly. But you know, we see here that he gives us perspective. He's there on the way to meet with us and to feed us again, you know, and to give us the water and the food that we need. You know, and and he was like, I'm the only one that's left in Israel and all the other ones are are not there and, and no one is there. I'm the only one. And he's like hold on, I have kept 7,000, so don't freak out. There are 7,000 who are still believing in me. So he gave him the right perspective because you know, when when everything becomes so cloudy, you know that we lose perspective very, very fast and we suddenly feel like oh my goodness, everything is going wrong. When one thing goes wrong with us, we feel like everything is going wrong. This is going wrong and that is going wrong and this is not working well. You know what? Let's just allow the Lord to give us his perspective. You know, even when you don't have the strength to keep on walking by faith, just allow him. You know, just allow him to feed you again. You know, to water your thirst, you know, and to give you his perspective. You know, you feel this way, but this is what I have to tell you. This is what I see. You might feel... That there's circumstances it's like this that it's never going to happen, that this bad thing has happened to me many times, and it's never going to be well, but I the Lord I'm telling you it's going to be well, so allow him to speak to your heart, and maybe you don't need like a huge prophecy from someone or an audible voice, you know, but just that still small voice in your heart, you know like. He heard there was an earthquake, and there was a storm, and winds, are, and I don't know what else. And the Lord was not in there, you know. You can hear so many voices. You can allow so many circumstances and people in your life, but there is just one voice. And that's the voice of Jesus in your heart. And that's the one that's going to give you perspective. And it's such a sweet, still, gentle voice. And when you hear it, you know it's him. And that gives you perspective. Amen. Yeah. Shall we read Hebrews ten thirty eight? Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The just shall live by faith. You know, this is what God spoke to Martin Luther. You know Martin Luther? The one that started all this Protestant movement. You know? It was actually not to protest, it was a Protestant, Pro New Testament. (laughs) But we made it short, the Protestants we are now. And we are now, no, we are Protestant. The just shall live by faith, not by your own works, not by your own righteousness, not by the law, but by faith. You know, and and uh, I really like this verse that um, that says, like, faith without works is dead. It says, right? So what it means, faith without works. Like what I, what I, what is it for you this works? Maybe it has something to do that we start walking by faith. We start living in a way that we allow the faith you know to work. We put our faith at work. We don't only say that we believe. We don't only you know say that yeah, it's going to be well, but we live as it's well, you know? I don't know if I'm explaining myself. I hope I am. <laughs> Let's read 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Have you ever imagined walking with your eyes closed? (laughs) I think that's how we are supposed to live, right? In our spiritual life, in our natural life. I mean, I don't mean that now you just close your eyes and start walking and banging your heads, not like that, but um, you know, in our spiritual life, you know, let's just because who knows maybe the Lord is going to move crazily if we as believers start living by faith maybe, you know that's what I'm wondering, like maybe if we start walking by faith and it, we start allowing God to really do what he wants to do and the only thing that You know, God already paid the price. Jesus already did it for us. The only thing that we have to do is believe. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. And our faith is the transport of God's miracle and God's work in in our lives and to impact others around us. In Galatians 2.20... crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So my whole reason of living is the faith that I have in him. Right? I live by the faith of the Son of God. Let that faith, let that belief rule your life. You know, let that faith just help you every morning, you know, whatever the circumstance, even if, if you don't see the breakthrough that you're expecting, let that faith in God and in Jesus Christ that paid for you rule your day, you, you know, and allow God to do miracles. You know, uh, when I shared with you, you know, when, when Asha was about to go to be with the Lord, I remember saying to the Lord, Lord, if you take her I know you will comfort me. That's going to be the toughest thing in my life, but I know you will comfort me. But if you are not planning to take her, don't even allow me to go there in my thoughts. Don't even allow me to start mourning her before she passes away. You know, and, and, and I remember the, the Lord telling me, just, just keep believing, just keep believing, just believe, just believe. You know, and and I remember my family around me, except for my sister. I mean, I hope she makes it to India. She's such a woman of God. I hope she comes someday, really. You know, except for my sister, all of them were almost, you know, comforting me for losing my baby, which she was not yet dead, you know? (laughs) And the Lord was like, no, just believe. What's her name? And I was like, her name is Asha. What, what's the meaning of Asha? Hope. There is hope. Just keep on declaring who she is. She is hope. There is hope. Right? And I didn't mourn her. And I remember my friends, because I was in Spain. And so, so many people were coming to the hospital and they were crying. I was like, I was telling, if you're going to come to see my baby and see her condition and cry, you go out because i don't need your human compassion now i need your faith so everyone knew they were not allowed to come inside and cry they were only allowed to come inside and have faith in what god was gonna do and uh, you know what this prophet elijah did and also prophet Elisha did the same he was in somebody's house and then the son of this uh, person which was a widow Right, died and then as an act of faith he laid on his body of, on the body of the little boy that was dead you know as an act of faith forgot to start breathing his life on him and the baby just came back to life the same thing happened to Elisha he did that again another, another boy passed away somebody that he knew well and he had to do the same. He came and laid on the body and the body lived, you know? And um, with, with, with all this with Asha, somebody gave me a word and said to me, last night the Holy Spirit said to me to do the same. I was like, oh no, I hope you don't come to the hospital and lay on Asha. But she's like, no, no, no. Um, I did it in my bedroom. I just, as an act of faith, I lay down on my bed and I started declaring the Spirit of God on her. That night... She started dying, seriously. And then, suddenly, suddenly, she started leaving. (laughs) I don't know how. Guys, I cannot explain. I I was there looking at everything. And my dad was next to me because Charles had an accident and he was stuck in India. Such a beautiful picture. Charles in India, with the accident, he could not move. He could not come back to Spain. Our daughter dying. My son with my mom somewhere else. So I was looking and, and Asha started, you know, the, the machine was not really, you know, I don't know. Actually, they figured out that the machine was killing her at that moment, you know. So it was, to me, it was the enemy trying to say, you know, here I win. I'm going to kill this baby even if I have to use a machine. But you know what? The Lord already decided that she would leave and that's it. And you know this prophet that called me and said to me, yesterday night I did that and your daughter is going to leave. That same night <laughs> she lived. Next morning she was out of the tubes, you know. After two days they took that big mask off of her face. After three days they was, she was uh, taken to the normal world. It's the spirit of the Lord. And it's the acts of faith that really release really God's power. So I think we can we can finish now. I think I have spoken enough. <laughs> and I hope I have challenged you for good. I hope that, you know, we start living by faith. We start acting by faith. We, we start believing that God is going to work in our behalf, behalf when we believe. Right? And last week, I remember it was very strong last week, the word that the Lord gave us during worship like, didn't I tell you if you believe you will see the glory of God? Didn't I tell you? So I think the Lord desires to bring these breakthroughs in our family. The Lord desires to bring this impact around us. But he needs our faith. That's the only thing he needs from us. You know, there is something you might have been praying for a long time. Maybe for your husband to be, or for your wife to be. Maybe for somebody in your family that's sick, maybe for something in your work or your studies, but you know, the Lord is telling you today believe, believe, I'm gonna do it. Start acting in faith, start talking in faith. Amen.